millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendez and joining me in the studio to look back at last night's 2-1 home defeat against Swansea and ahead to Saturday's trip uh, to Fulham is uh, Mr. Tom Wallin. How you doing, Tom? Yeah, all right, thank you. Yeah, you've been here a while, haven't you? Hours, you've hours. Been, got here approximately one minute ago. <laughs> and uh, but you, you, Better late than never. Exactly. Well, you're on time, actually, if anything. Uh, someone, someone who has been late before, but not this evening. <laughs> Nathan Muller, how are you? Back from your holidays. Good to see you. Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Oh, you're doing the take the microphone in the hand. <laughs> and now you say you love me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> right, Back in the game. Yeah, there we go. Right, I mean, that, that made a lot of unnecessary noise there. Well done, Nathan. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, on tonight's show, we will look back at that uh, defeat against Swansea last night. We'll hear our interview with Lee Bayer after the game. Uh, we'll also hear from Bayer on the uh, alleged incident between the uh, Leeds United goalkeeper uh, Kiko Casilla and Jonathan Lecco on Saturday's game uh, and then we will look ahead to Fulham so if you want to get involved in tonight's show um, let us know what you made of last night's game or how you'd like to see things change for the Fulham game uh, you can email our studio at charltonlive.co.uk you can tweet us at charltonlive or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum to have your say on this evening's big match preview so Tom um, your, your fellow countrymen came and took all three points home is that a fair result? Probably just um, I think if we'd have got a draw, I think that would have been fair as well. I don't think we probably wouldn't have deserved to win the game. But yeah, I thought when we scored, and I'm sure we'll talk about the goal in a bit more detail in a minute, but I just it felt so early to have scored. It was one of them classics and you think, right, what, what do we do now? Do we start to already sit back or do we continue to try and go forward? And I think I was always concerned we were going to tire, given how much hard work we had to put in against Leeds at the weekend. And that showed in the second half, really. I thought for the first 20, 25 minutes, we were the better side. They obviously then got back into it with a, a very scrappy goal. But then you look at that goal, you look at the second goal we concede, they were just basic mistakes on our part. Um, a few misplaced passes, a few times we were chasing shadows. They kept a lot of the ball. And, and as I say, I think we just got tired. So I think probably just on a balance of play to, to lose by a single goal is about right but if we'd have got a draw I think that that would have been okay as well. I guess it's no disgrace to go out and lose against a side like Swansea Nath obviously a side that uh, uh, have gone top of the league with that result and to go 
I felt in terms of possession and the ball in the middle of the park, we probably did go toe-to-toe with them. I think they created more dangerous openings than we did. But to to show that we can compete with these sides at the top of the league, which we've seen against Leeds last Saturday and hopefully we're going to try and see against Fulham on Saturday coming up. I mean, it's, it's again, it shows that we, we certainly don't seem to be out of our depth so far this season. No, and I think if you look at uh, Swansea, they got a good coach in Steve Cooper, who's obviously come through obviously the England setup, um, and he obviously likes a certain way of playing. And even if you look at, you know, their squad, obviously I wasn't there yesterday, but you've got, you know, Dander and uh, IU. They've, you know, I, they've had good seasons in the Premier League. And um, like you say, it, we're obviously going toe-to-toe with them. And I think we need to have a sort of, yeah, we've started great, but we do have to have that sort of um, realistic ambitions that we're not going to, be winning every game as as we were probably used to last year at home, um, and they're a good side. And I think when Bose said that we did, like you say, compete at a level that let's be honest, Swansea are in the higher echelons of that championship to try and compete with them. It, it shows how good we've how good we are on our day, and we will will cause team cause teams problems with you know Hemed and Taylor not playing. So. Um, but yeah, no, and I said I said before we come on. If I mean I wasn't expecting anything against Leeds, um, and maybe a draw against Swansea. So to have three points out of those two games isn't really the worst case scenario. Mm. I mean, obviously our hopes were raised with the way that we started the game and yeah. lightning start. It was a good play from uh, Jonathan Lecko. Held the ball up in the midfield, turned and run, played over to the right hand side, and Adam Matthews on his debut cross comes in. Uh, and it's only half cleared, really, to Lecco inside the box, and that's one hell of a finish. I mean, took a little deflection on the on the way through. I could see from from my angle, but you know, we'll come on to the the difficult week that Jonathan's had uh, later. But for him to to get his second goal like that, I mean, first things first, he hasn't scored at all until he came to mm. play for Charlton, so he's got two already this season. Just shows again the the effect that Lee Bayer and, he, and his coaching squad can have on on young and up and coming players. Yeah, definitely, and it it goes back to that thing that Terry spoke about at the weekend about the fact that he's going to be a bit hit and miss because he's a very raw talent, and and I think the words Terry used were look if he was do, able to do that week in week out, then he wouldn't be coming to us. You know, he'd be up in the Premier League or or even had stayed at West Brom. So yes, he had a, a bit of a frustrating day at Leeds at the weekend, but for for the large portions of the game on on Wednesday, I thought he didn't hold on to the ball for quite as long. He looked a bit more lively. Um, obviously, you see it in the goal that he gives it out to Adam Matthews rather than trying to take on twenty players on his own. Um, and when the ball comes back in, he doesn't you know hang around with it. He doesn't think about it. He takes that touch and just hammers it home. It was a brilliant finish, and yeah, I was really pleased for him. I was surprised he started. I know we didn't really have many other options, but given how tired he's looked in recent weeks and given the, the hard performance he had against Leeds at the weekend and, as you say, the week he's had, I was I was surprised, but I was so pleased for him. And as I say, it was a, it was a great start to get ahead so early on, but it did worry me because, as I say, I think it kind of messed up our game plan a little bit because then it was like, right, well, what do we do now? We did have quite a lively first 15 minutes. So I feel yeah. like we were the, the side on top. And then I think IU had that sort of half chance and that's when they started playing. And then they did they get, got the equaliser, Jan Dander, just before sort of 20 minutes in and it was a good move but uh, you could argue perhaps given a little bit too much time inside the area before laying it off to, to Dander the, the Swansea players way too much yeah it seemed like uh, I don't know how it felt up in the gantry or even for the players but behind that goal for about 30 or 40 seconds it felt like that goal was coming but also that there were about 20 opportunities for us to stop it and it was just it almost felt like there was nothing we could do because none of the passes were particularly quick None of the players were particularly skillful in in that particular move, but for some reason we just couldn't get hold of the ball. And 
when he had it on the edge of the area, it, for me, it seemed to take forever before he shot and just no one really did anything. Then eventually the shot goes in. There must have been about six players between him and, and Phillips, which meant Phillips was a bit unsighted and dived late. And it was it was disappointing but for both goals, to be honest, and we'll come to the other one shortly. But there were such soft goals to concede. If someone belts it in from 30 yards or they put some 20-pass move together and play it in, you go, well, fair enough, they're, they're up there for a reason. But... It's just a bit of a scrappy goal to concede, really. Well, now, as is tradition, every time we concede any goal, um, the social media warriors are straight on, to, <laughs> or straight on to Dylan Phillips to try and find out if it's his fault. I mean, the shot came in. Tom mentioned there was bodies in the way. Clearly took a deflection as well. I think if, if it mm. doesn't take that deflection, mm. Dylan's already leaning to go to his right-hand side. Now, uh, Nave, do you ha- have a view on, on, on that goal? Uh, well, I mean, we watched it before we come on, but you're always going to have someone. Someone's always going to be a scapegoat when we concede, and... Obviously, the goal is the last line of defence. Could he have done better? I think, as you said, the the bodies in the way didn't help. Um, but even when you look at the goal back, he's got down. But I just think the the travel of the ball where it's moved, it's just obviously caught him off. But that's the problem when they with the yeah. move. If the, if the ball just stayed still, it wouldn't exactly, have gone in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He would have saved saved it off his nugget. But uh, no, but I, I wouldn't. You know, it's, if if he done something um, like who was it on the weekend? Where was it Pickford when under his Mm. under his legs it's like something like that yeah but I wouldn't be blaming Dills for that I mean the amount of saves he's done this year and, and it's uh, clean sheet record exactly, as well it's amazing you know what I mean and yeah. I just think sometimes people just after the game it's still they're just still so aggravated they've got to blame someone yeah and, but I think he'll still be there do, do you think as a, as a sort of a service to the squad and to the fans we should ask people to start blaming you for like everyone tweet Nathan after every game uh, hopefully not because yeah because people are just get the fishing mods out wouldn't he, stays <laughs> on, he stays off Twitter after a defeat yeah that's yeah. true yeah. I, yeah I don't really come. I don't really go off Twitter go on Twitter after defeats I know there's some um, some crazy mofos out there so uh, <laughs> I don't even bother but yeah, yeah no but like I said Before you speak to them on Tinder don't you <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I was going to say something there but I <laughs> yeah, no, anyway, moving on. Yeah, second goal. Um, we'd already had a bit of a let off at the start of the second half, Tom, where uh, IU had a goal disallowed because the ball had actually got out of play in the in the mm. build-up. But um, second one, disappointing always to concede from a corner. Watch it, Black is watch it back. It's like a flick on, and Gallagher seems to be the man who is mm. marking IU, and I think he's just caught a little bit ball watching and just got the wrong side of IU, and he's just prodded it in at the near post. Yeah, really disappointing again. Um, because it's something you can train uh, as opposed to, you know, as a, again, if as, as I say, if they play 20 passes and score, then fair enough. But our defending from set pieces largely last season was pretty good. I know there was a couple of seasons ago where we seemed to keep conceding from them. And I'm not saying we've kept conceding from them again, but obviously two at Wigan in recent weeks. And, and then this, it's just a bit, it's a bit disappointing because you think that's the sort of our bread and butter and the sort of stuff we'd be good at, particularly when you see how good we are at, at attacking set pieces. So, yeah, it was disappointing, um, and again, it was just a very cheap goal to concede, mm. really. But again, maybe if you look at someone as an individual like Gallagher, is it tiredness because of the amount of games we played? Mm. He's a very young player. He hasn't got a huge amount of experience. You can see these things happening, and we have to appreciate the squad we've got and where we are. You know, We're not expecting to beat these sides week in, week out, so in the grand scheme of things, it's not a huge issue, but... It is disappointing, particularly the run we had last season and the way we've started this season to yeah, concede like that. I was going to say, do you think like concentration levels can be the first thing that goes when when you get tired? And we we've had like, we had a grueler mm. against Leeds United, and you know three days later you're playing a Swansea team that uh, are known for liking to pass the ball around. Although like I said we did in, enjoy a lot of possession in the first twenty minutes, in particular, um, we're going to have another one on Friday. Do you think that can sort of just play into the the players' mind, just a little bit of tiredness affecting their concentration at set pieces? Yeah, it will. But the, the, the conundrum Bose has got is, 
he could have changed it up massively on when yesterday. But then you're going to be play, changing around a team where they're settled, don't know the style of play. I mean, does he make wholesale changes, lose 3-0, and then, oh, why did you make all these changes? Um, so I think we're a bit of a... We've got a good what, 12, 13 players who could probably play their part. But um, the thing about Connor, we know he's energy, and but he's never going to be that physical presence in the box and win those headers, you know, to clear like a Prattley Wood or something like that. So... Um, it's just one of those things, and like Tom said, it is our bread and butter, the set pieces, and it is disappointing. But listen, we, we're trying to keep level-headed after you know a couple of disappointing defeats against Wigan and obviously um, Swansea. Um, but like you say, we've got to pick ourselves up, and they've obviously got an extra day on us for Saturday. Um, and again, I can't imagine, I can't envisage any wholesale changes because you know on their day when they're fresh, they're playing well. So there's. It's just one of those things. The performance as a whole, Tom, and I sort of said I felt we went toe-to-toe with Swansea, maybe in between the areas, but I mean, I think it was quite marked that we were without a bit of a presence up front until Chucks and Eko came on, is that fair? I think so, yeah. Bon, I thought, played okay again, but didn't have quite the same impact that he did at the weekend, and I also felt a little bit like we seemed to have a, a clear game plan to use Bon against Leeds, and... and Yesterday evening, I just felt a little bit we were resorting to lumping it long a few times and we we didn't seem to have quite the same rhythm to our game. Again, it might have been tiredness, I'm not sure, but yeah, the cutting edge was definitely missing. It would have been interesting to see what a team with, with Lyle in there would have done differently um, or even a, a fully fit Johnny Williams for the game. Or I thought Otsuma had a pretty good game as well, but yeah, I don't know. We just didn't quite seem to be able to match their level. I didn't mm-hmm. think, as you say, in terms of the style of play, we did go toe to toe with them, but they were just a little bit better than us across the park. I, think. I, I just wonder if they, they they did seem to. Whereas uh, Ostumi was coming deep to pick up the ball mm. a few times, he, I don't know if his threat was a bit nullified. I don't know if they just played it. They played it so that he, he he could have the ball in deep areas, but as soon as he tried to play it forward, I mean, they were pressing really hard. I, thought, I mean, I thought Swansea defended very well, yeah, yeah. and you can see why they're a side that are expected to challenge because they did look good. But I just, yeah, I just think they found a way to stifle. Us after that, that first twenty minutes, where even once, once or twice a long ball over the top for Bond worked as well. Once, once they seemed to calm that down, it, it was it wasn't until Chucks came on in, in the in the closing stages that we started to look like we might threaten again. Yeah, I, I think I probably agree with that. But on the other hand, what I would say is Swansea are now top of the league. They're probably going to be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. They still didn't create. A, you know, it wasn't like they had twenty chances against us. It wasn't like we were backs to the wall or anything. As you said earlier, we went toe to toe with them. And we we did all right. We lost by one goal. Um, you know, as I say, we didn't we didn't lose four 0 We didn't give away chances. And in that first half, yes, they started to grow in the game and they did get themselves back level. But at the same time, I thought on the whole we defended pretty well. Um, and so did they. And as you say, for me, it was two teams that play a very similar style of football. They were just on the night slightly better at it than us. But in the grand scheme of things, like Nate said earlier, I, I'd take three points from, from that game and uh, the Leeds game combined and that's what we've got so far. Now, there was three penalty shouts last night for Charlton. Uh, I think the the biggest one for uh, Chucks and EK, so he's got the better of the defender, um, sort of booted the ball into his chest, the defender's gone down and then Chucks has gone down. And we, we Again, we watched it again just before we came on, Nate. You're looking at that now in cold light of day, you still thinking penalty? No, I don't think it's a pen. No, I, don't. I mean, I think if that went against us, I'd be fuming mm. because you, I can see why you know that the, the appeals may have gone in, but you know, Chucks has flicked it over. The, the, the defender is in front of Chucks, and 
think Chucks has kicked the ball against the chest of I think it was the horn, wasn't it? And then Chucks has fell into the defender. Um, mm. I'd be very, it'd be I'd say it was very harsh if. If, if I thought it's hard for it to be a foul against Chucks though because yeah. he's just kicked the ball against yeah. the player so. but then I think they've tangled in legs but then is the intent from the defender to take Chucks down I don't think so because he wasn't looking at Chucks he was trying to clear the ball but like I said if that was given against us late in the game I'd be raging but I can see why it was given mm. I mean there was one sort of uh, late on where the players, more more so than the crowd, actually appealed for a handball as, mm. as the ball came in. Again, I haven't actually seen that one back. It doesn't seem to be on the highlights. But did you, I mean, you would have had a better view than that of that than me in the in the covered end. I didn't see a handball at all. But as you say, I, I saw it go in and hit someone. And then I saw all the players appealing. You've got to think if the players are appealing, either maybe they're just desperate because it's getting towards the end of the game and they're looking to get back in, or they've seen something that we haven't. But yeah, I didn't see it. So... um yeah, it would be difficult mm. to comment, I think. And then the last one was a corner deep into injury time. It went over towards the far post. Now, Sam Field did seem to be in a little bit of a tangle. Uh, the referee played on and we had a header that was cleared off the line and came out to Macaulay Bond and he swung a leg at it, but he didn't get a, a, a good contact. So, again, I mean, it's, it's hard to see if there was enough in that for the referee to give a penalty. It's very rare you'd see one given in those circumstances, which, of course, will raise questions about, you know, uh, consistency in refereeing. But... Again, I'm not sure if I saw enough there. I mean, Boya didn't come out too raging after the game. Yeah, no. I don't think it. We're looking at what I just saw. I, I think we'd be clutching at straws if we're claiming them to as penalties. But I think they're all really soft. Yeah. What, what Boya said was right. If if we had got one of them, their manager would have been complaining, yeah. and we didn't, and he yeah. didn't really have any complaints. Yeah. Now the um, you know, there are positives from last night. I thought Gallagher was uh, excellent again in the midfield with his running and his harrying. Uh, Cullen was good at that, the, the running and harrying, but there was a couple of times as a team we were sort of giving the ball away and a couple of those fell to, to Cullen as well. But I just think that was the way that Swansea were going about their business, really, because we're not a side that gives the ball away that no. much, are we? So for them to, to come out and, and probably just disrupt our game plans probably did the job on us and, and, and made it hard. But I think that the main the main worry for me is the fact that I don't think we created till Chucks came on. And I'm starting to say it quite often now, but I mean, Chucks must be getting closer and closer to a start. I think he's carrying a little bit of an injury at the moment, so I'm not sure if it'll be Saturday. But I mean, every time, almost every time he comes on, he just seems to add something different. Yeah, yeah, completely. I think on that midfield, I think it was a combination of things. I think we were tired. Um, we maybe had a bit of a bad day. And I think Swansea were just pressing us really high up the pitch. So yeah, the likes of people like Cullen, Sam Field, people who are getting their challenges in, but then misplacing passes and, and little things like that and, and being caught out of position two or three times, which, you know, I, I think I said to someone on Twitter today, you're going to give Cullen one of those considering the rest of the performance he's put in. Um, you know, it's going to happen to every player. But yeah, at the other end, when Chucks came on, again, he just looks so dangerous and people haven't worked out how to handle him. And OK, he got one or two fouls given against him. But apart from that, and even on those ones, he won the ball. Um, every other one, he was winning headers as well. I'd like to see him start one game just to see what he can do. Um, clearly, there's something that Boya doesn't think is going to work from the start, be it positionally or fitness-wise or what. But he's such a dangerous weapon to have. And if it is still just introductions from the bench, then he just needs to keep doing what he's doing because he's getting in the right places and he's causing teams trouble. And as I say, he's come on, what, four or five times now and I haven't seen a team that's worked out how to play against him yet. It's a dangerous weapon. I thought we were talking about Nace Tinder again. But, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, like, a word, overall, overall um, we, you know, we've got to this you know, we've got to this point where we're still eight for something like that. I mean, we're, we're still in a very good position inside the championship table after... What ten games now? Is it? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's not that's that, that's sort of like the the start the start of the time when you're going to start and try and take a gauge of where you are. So I mean, 
considering our, we were all expecting before the season started to be bottom on zero points at this point, I mean, I mean, it's not been too bad, has it? No, it's not been too bad. I mean, it could be worse. Look at Stoke. You yeah. know, look at obviously Millwall at the moment. Millwall just lost their manager as well. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it could be a lot worse. Um, I still think you know we're mid, mid, middle of the pack. I don't think we'll finish that high, maybe. But like you say, it's a good start. It's I mean, how, what's the what, what's the target we're going for? Forty or something? Forty-five. And I how reckon. much are we on now? Well, we'd be on what? Are we seventeen? I think that's what I mean. So yeah. if you think about it, nearly just under halfway through with the points, we're only in October. It's a decent little return. So. Um, it's been a great start. It's been a great start, and just keep it going. As long as as long as everyone doesn't, you know, take the rough with the smooth, as Kerb used to say, or whatever you say. But um, don't get too high, don't get too low, and we'll be fine. I'm sure mm. we will. Right, Charlton boss Lee Bayer came in to speak to Terry after yesterday's game. He felt that the Addicts were just on the wrong side of a very tight contest. Yeah, um, just said to the players, look, keep your head up. You done well. For large parts of the game, I thought it was it was even. Two um, good teams that, that try to play football, and it came down to a set piece. Dylan, I can't remember Dylan having any saves to make. The first goal was a deflection. I think we could have probably defended that better. Could have got the block on a bit quicker and chuck your body in front of it. Didn't happen. Got deflection. Went in the corner, and and obviously the second one from a set piece. So it's 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 frustrating because they didn't deserve to come away with nothing there. They, they give everything. I thought the first twenty minutes we was better than them. Deservedly went in front. Um, so yeah, uh, then it became a second half was a bit open. It was like we attacked and think yeah we're going to score and then they. Attack and then they had like the odd spare man ran the far post from the. It was really brave that their fullbacks were going, both going at the same time and leaving two v two at the back. So they had an overload on the far post, quite a lot. So then that's why I had to change it and go to three at the back, because they had that overload and I thought well if we can defend that. They're two v two at the back. We let them on the break and that's how it was in the end, wasn't it? It was like, um, so yeah, it's. But frustrating, you know. I don't think we deserve nothing from the game. I think that's a bit harsh on the lads. Great start, Jonathan Lecco with a superb strike, and uh, after a few days he's had uh, with the incident on Saturday, he must be delighted and and a great rep- response from him uh, with the shift he put in, uh, especially to get that first goal. It was a superb strike at the near post. Yeah, yeah, great finish. Um, but that's what he brings, you know. He, he was my wild card. Um, from the lone players because uh, you just don't know what you're going to get with him like one minute he's, he, you think wow like yes great boom, boom, going past three four players and creating something or scoring and then the next thing you control it and then he's beat someone and then you think yeah just do the simple thing and lay it off and he don't and, and that's what I mean by a wild card but he, I thought he took his goal very well I thought he started the game very well um Got a bit sloppy at times, but yeah, great finish. Some some strike, top corner, like keeper had no chance. Would it be fair to say after they got the, the equaliser and the manner at which it came may, may have something to do with it, that we did we try and force the issue a little bit too much where we sort of ignored the simple ball and tried tried the more difficult one more often than not in yeah. that first half, the, the second half of the first half at least. Yeah, yeah the, the, I think we was in control of the game until they scored, but then we took too many touches. That's what happened. We took too many touches and then... 
instead of just touching uh, control and play, control and play, we had the overload in the middle of the park. Instead of just using that to our advantage, by the time you then go to play it to that fella, too many touches, then they've got someone round. So we didn't use our spare man um, well enough today, especially like the last 20 minutes of that half. But again, you're not always going to play perfectly, you know, so we all know that we can play that way and at times we did in the first 20 minutes but we got a bit sloppy in, in, in the back end of that half and give them a bit of a leg up if you like. Now we mentioned that the deflected goal and, and of course then the, the set piece goal in the second half which gave them the lead. Um, I, I think uh, I said it on comms, if Fulton gets a decent header, the, the header that he's supposed to get on it, it would have sailed into the, probably the back of the Jimmy seat rather than drop to IU in the box, it's, it's yeah. just the way things happen. Part of the game. That's that's the game. You just got to mark your man and make sure he doesn't score. That's sand simple, not that simple. Um, but again, uh, we haven't been. You're talking about we just played the teams gone top, and um, I don't think they was any better than us. At times, yes, but so was we at times. I thought it was quite an even game, and and they're top of the league, and we haven't been we haven't been at played. And, and made ourselves look stupid. We're holding our own in this division. Like, I honestly believe that. Ten games gone there, and, and there's not no one we've played yet. And you think, wow, like, and and when we've played Leeds, for me, it's the best side, and we've just played a good Swansea side. So Saturday's going to be different. We're playing the best squad. Fulham has the best squad for me in this division. There are a hell of a lot of Premiership players. So. That will be a completely different test. Come back to Fulham in a second, if I may. But uh, talking about fine margins, um, any word on the uh, on the penalty that wasn't? Uh, it looked uh, from where we were fairly clear cut, and uh, people who have watched it on the telly seem, seem to say the same thing. Well, yeah. Again, it's one of them things that you, you you need things to go your way at times, and for whatever reason, we ain't getting them decisions at the moment. And I just hope, like I've said many times, I, I just hope that it starts. Even in itself, out zone because the big decisions are the difference from winning and losing games, you know. Um, but again, the referee's job is the hardest job in the world, and, and the split-second decisions, you know. So, um, unfortunately for for us, I, I can't I can't control that. But what I can control is that my players go out there and they give 100% for for. For myself and, and for the fans, and again they've done that, so that's all I ask for. Gave Adam Matthews his debut for us, and a great start in the build-up to, to Leco's goal. Uh, had a tough job down that uh, right-hand side with um, Tulio, is probably their most attacking player of the night. Mm. Yeah, I thought he'd done well. I thought he played really well, Adam, in and out of possession. Um, I think his fitness has come on loads. He had no pre-season at all. Um, so uh, yeah, at the, at the end there, when he had to track back and made that that tackle, it was like outstanding. Um, so yeah, I think in possession he showed his quality. His balls into the box is very good. I watched him for the twenty threes last week, and he set up too. Like he's he's very good both ends. Um, so yeah, once we get him fully fit and, and going, then he's going to be a good asset for us, I'm sure. Looking at the reaction, uh, fans, um, is it a measure of how far we've come and how, how well we're playing that uh, uh, the disappointment that people feel in losing to what was an excellent, uh, well, uh, very good at least, uh, Swan, uh, Swansea side? Yeah, uh, let's put it into cons- like perspective there. They've gone top 
and they've not played any better than us. A draw would have been a fair result. Um, so yeah, we're all disappointed, but let's not forget that again. Like I'll come back to to what our what we want from this season is to stay in the league. Theirs might be different, you know. Well, I'm guessing it's different. Again, they've got that IU. Like, it's a Premiership player. They, they, they came down, what, a year, last year or the season before? So, yeah. They're a good side. They're, they're not... They're, their job ain't to stay in the league like ours is. <laughs> so, let's put it that way. Um, and we're standing there going toe-to-toe with them and, and, and not embarrassing ourselves at all. So, we've got to remember, like, that, yes, we're, we're doing well, but let's not get too carried away let's not forget what the, the goal is this season and that's for this season and in the future then then we can build on that but the, the, the main goal this season is to stay in the league let's not forget that even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's Joe. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr! Certainly are listening to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Uh, we're just looking back at the Swansea game first before turning our attention to Fulham on Saturday. Uh, we heard from Lee Bowyer there. Um, so there's only there's only been two times where I've gone to speak to Bowes after a game where me and him have just been on completely different wavelengths. So I remember the Accrington Stanley game last season away where we drew one all, and I was just like, oh, I don't care. I don't think we're going to do anything this season. And he was fuming. And uh, yesterday I was I was. I don't know if I just got my hopes up because we went one nil up. But I came out and I was like, for God's sake, I can't believe we lost. And Bayer was actually a lot more circumspect about it. It's like, you know what? He came out and he was pleased with the effort. And certainly there was no lack of effort there. And he was pleased with the display. I think for me, I was just, I just wanted to, I just wanted to get a result last night mm. and came out of it disappointed. But he was, he was pleased with what he saw. I think, you know, there wasn't too much talk about the fact we didn't perhaps create as, as many chances as we'd hoped for. But, you know, Bo, Bo obviously saw something in his team's display last night that, that pleased him. I think as well, he, he obviously knows his squad. He knows the level of fatigue they're going into that game with. He knows the strikers he's got at his disposal at the moment. So 
that he says every week he goes into every single game to win it and he's as disappointed as any of us when we don't manage to um but I also think he's realistic he said in that about the fact that look Fulham uh, talking about a weekend's game Fulham are going to be going for promotion we're going to survive in this league the difference between us and Swansea on paper is absolutely massive um and you know I left the game frustrated yesterday I'm sure a lot of fans did um that's partly down to our good start, partly down to the fact that we're used to winning here, as, as Nafe said earlier, and partly down to the fact that we, we didn't play that badly. But I think he's realistic. He knows what's expected. He already said after Leeds, look, the next two games are going to be tough because they come thick and fast. We've got a small squad. We're absolutely knackered. We've got the international break coming up, obviously, weekend after next. I think that's a chance for us to recharge, get the likes of Hemed and Kale back. You just got to chalk one of these ones up and accept where we are. It's been a good start to the season, um, and I think that's probably how he sees it. Yeah, we didn't actually mention really the performance of Adam Matthews as well on his debut, coming in at right back, involved in the opening goal. A really good last ditch challenge towards the end as mm. well. What did you make of him as a whole? I thought he was very functional. Um, I think he doesn't look yet like he's adapted to how Boya wants to play football. He seemed like a, the sort of standard right back a bit like when Perrington came in to be fair and I think Perrington's really improved and adapted to the style of football we play I thought I thought he did okay obviously as you say set up the goal and that tackle at the end was was absolutely class to to keep us in it when we looked like we were trying to get back into the game so yeah a pretty solid six seven out of ten I think um uh, someone that I would either like to see improve and start to play a bit more like the rest of the side do or be someone that we can use as a backup but yeah certainly not a bad performance at all right Phil uh, tweeted in hi guys disappointing night on Wednesday we played some decent stuff at times but we lacked any creativity Bond works hard but can't see him scoring many at this level Leko ran out of steam in the second half we looked better when Anike came on if we had Taylor and Hemed we would have got something out of the game I just wonder yeah like I say if we like every game now I'm going to be wishing we had Lyle Taylor we saw him there last night with his pink hair unfortunately mm. still a a while away from from playing it would seem but um yeah another uh, another one for Anike coming on there as well uh Tony uh tweeted in uh kept off Twitter last night a bit like you Nath uh, after the defeat reflecting back on the game today I wasn't too disappointed with the performance we had enough to win it movement was great but we just lacked a little in the final third but eventually the goals will start going in I do think we need to work on defending set pieces though man-to-man marking on corners and free kicks also everyone needs to remember that we are going to lose games and it's not the end of the world when we do because in Boya we trust that's from Tony yeah I mean we're talking about these, these set pieces I mean it has become a little bit of an issue over the last couple of weeks which isn't something we've been used to over the time that Boyer and, and Jacko have lead, been leading the team yeah you're gonna listen when, when we did go through a stage of scoring loads and being you know so being able to again, defend sorry. it and then uh, sorry I just heard you talk about scoring loads and I thought you were, oh no uh, I mean from like set pieces last year but oh look, right yeah <laughs> Carry on. But even like like before, like you mentioned earlier, there was a point where every time we got a corner against us, I thought we was going to concede. Um, so it will ebb and flow. Uh, but you are going to get teams scoring from all different, you know, set pieces, long range shots. It's, it's you know, it's football. But as long as it doesn't become a trend, then it's, it's nothing to worry about mm. at the moment. Right, Greenpeace says, uh, can you ask for more positivity and much less negativity from certain fans uh, this evening, please? The way some fans whine is pathetic. Seriously, the boys were unlucky last night, deserved to draw at least onto Fulham. Uh, many thanks. That's from, from Greenpeace, yeah, trying to keep up the 
morale. Uh, I mean, is it are fans going off the off the rails now, Tom? Do you, I mean, do you think? I mean, everyone's disappointed after a defeat. I saw a mixture of, of comments around last night. I mean, I do advise if you if you are one who doesn't like to read it, probably stay off in for the, a couple of hours after a, a game that's ended in in a loss. Yeah, because particularly last night, where for the last four or five minutes we were knocking on the door. It seemed like every decision was going our way. So if you're a Charlton fan at the end of that and you've got all riled up and you go onto social media, you're probably not going to be thinking necessarily that calm. Um, I don't think we've got any cause to complain, really. This is a start beyond what any of us, I think, would have expected. I think the the negative impact that has is that people expect it to continue because they're like, well, out of this first nine games or whatever, we've won six or seven, so why aren't we still doing it? And the reality is we're, we're going to have to accept that we do lose games and also pretty much since Bowyer's come in what almost two seasons ago now a season and a half ago we haven't lost many games at all um, and now we've lost three in a, in a couple of weeks and I do see that it's going to frustrate some people but I think once fans kind of sit down and, and just take a step back and look at it actually what we're doing at the moment is pretty special I still agree with Bowyer that survival is the main aim but I think we've proven by now that we're more than capable of doing better than that um, I think anywhere around mid-table would be an amazing achievement this season um, so yeah I think you do have to be realistic but for the half hour after a 2-1 defeat that's probably not the time where people are going to be so um, I think you just have to kind of accept that Right on Sunday's show we alluded to an incident that happened in the game uh, between us and Leeds on Saturday now there wasn't too much we could say at the time because it hadn't been reported uh, to the referee yet that was uh, finally sorted out well it had gone to the referee's report straight after the game on Saturday but it's finally been uh, delivered on uh, Tuesday uh, and then the story broke uh, in uh, in a few uh, newspapers there's an alleged currently an allegation that's the way the law works or or how these sort of things work so we're not going to go out and start saying this definitely happened because it's not for us to do there's going to be a thorough investigation but uh, the incident was involving uh, Leeds United goalkeeper Kiko Casilla and uh, Jonathan Lecco the Charlton uh, forward slash winger Um, the allegation has gone into the FA for them to investigate they came down to speak to Jonathan Lecco today or they due to at least at the training ground so um, I did speak to Lee Bayer last night just to find out if he could tell us any more uh, about that incident well all I can say is that something was said um, and uh, Jonathan has, has reported it and that's all I can say. Um, the FA are coming to see him on Thursday, I, I believe. Um, so, yeah, that, that's all I can say about the matter. Obviously, the people upstairs, they, they deal with with what went on. And is the player OK in himself? He seemed all right out on the pitch today. Yeah, he's good. Um, obviously, I spoke to him over the weekend after, after the game and uh, made sure he was OK. And he says he's, he's OK, so... He thought he looked okay today. Started well. Got a bit sloppy at times, but that's Jonathan. We know what we're getting. That's why we brought him here. He can make something out of nothing. Can can frustrate you at times, but my job's to try and take that frustrating things away. So uh, yeah, but he's he's doing well. He's okay. So there we go. Lee Bay uh, obviously can't give us too much. Um, the investigation is ongoing, as far as we know at the moment. Um, I mean, it's. It's not. It's not what you want to hear, is it? And uh, it, it must have been very difficult for for Jonathan in particular. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it. And obviously, we spoke about it briefly on Sunday show. I had to be very careful about how we were saying it. But 
I reiterate basically what I said then, which it has to be dealt with in the strongest possible terms if what's alleged turns out to be to be proven to be true. Um, I said it on Sunday, racism is, is rearing its head across the game for some reason at the moment. Um, plenty of people coming out and saying, do you know what, really it never went away. But it seems to just be gaining traction again. And, and I know lots of different groups like Kick It Out are trying to, to do what they can to stamp it out, and rightly so. But as I say, if it's infiltrating player groups now, and obviously it is still alleged, and obviously this doesn't suddenly bring in every player, but if, if a player is saying something like what's been accused, then they have to be dealt with in the same way that fans are. Uh, and whether that's a fine, whether that's banning, whatever it is, it, it has to be done because there's just no place for it in, in the mm. game. It's hard to say, I mean, how how you kick it out of football is probably how you kick it out of society. You, yeah. you, you do that first. So it's it's a very difficult one for the FA, but I mean, I think that you'd hope their track record is going to improve a little bit on this sort of stuff and they do start to take these things quite seriously, obviously sending someone down to speak to Jonathan, making sure, you know, Charlton have obviously done, appear to have done everything the right way by reporting it to the referee and letting that go into the uh, into the FA as well without, you know, it leaking or anything like that before, before time. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's going to be hard to get it out of society altogether. Um, but in football, it plays a big role, even if you look at other aspects of, you know, the how football's come about in terms of LGBT sort of, you know, football and kicking that uh, homophobia out. Um, obviously, Charlton have done great at but you need to set an example. So if I know it was banded around that they might, I think Bernardo Silva might get a six-game ban or something. I think it should be longer. I'd say ten games because that's the only way you're going to kick it out, um, kick it out of the sport and make an example of it. Because just because they're playing on a bit of grass, it doesn't mean they're exclusive from the you know the world if there is in the street. So if I went and said that to Jonathan Lecco in the street, I can't sit there and just think you know nothing could happen. I know it's only alleged at the moment, but I think they need to to stamp it out. They've got to hit, hit the guy really hard with a punishment mm. if it is turned out to be true what he said. The, the one thing I will say is though, the way that, that some fans react to this sort of stuff as a chance to bash a football club like Leeds United, like tweeting something like "Oh, classy Leeds," as if this has really got anything as really as as this is this, this is just some sort of bait for you to use to wind up supporters of another team. I mean, to me, you might think you're you know slagging off racism or so but all, all you're really doing there is you're trying to wind up fans from another club and you're not taking the the situation in 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 your stride properly you're just using that as a chance to bash another football club I mean realistically you should be thinking about the player himself who's who's been involved Jonathan in terms of how he's feeling and worrying about how he can do it as a society not using it as an argument point on Twitter to slag off Leeds United fans yeah 100% um and we'd want the same you know god forbid if anything happened here in the same way you know you you don't for one, you can't tarnish everyone with the same brush. And for two, Leeds United fans and Charlton fans and the rest of the footballing community could, should be coming together to sort it out. Imagine if you ask any of the Leeds fans how they feel about it, they're going to completely agree with everything Charlton fans say or fans of any other club in the league. Um, no one's going to condone it, and rightly so. It's, um, again, still alleged, but if, it's, uh, if it happened, it's, it's a disgusting thing to do. Um, and as I say, it deserves to be punished, and you would hope that the majority of, of right-minded football fans and, as you say, the wider society would agree with that. And it is a society problem um, and, it, and it does need sorting. But I think football can do its bit to try and at least start to keep it out of football grounds. Right, let's have a quick break. When we'll come back, we will now start to turn our attention to Saturday's trip to Craven Cottage. Charles 
chance for Cholland to get it back to 2-2 here. Lyle Taylor's already scored twice this season. Can he add a third from the penalty spot? The referee blows the whistle. It's a traditional slow run up from Lyle Taylor. A huge moment here at Oakwell. He gets up to the ball now. He hits it with his right foot and he scores! And Lyle Taylor gets his third goal of the season and bring the Addicts back onto level terms. It's Barcy 2, Cholland 2-2-2-2-2-2. Welcome back. It's uh, Charlton Live here, the big match preview. The lads and uh, we're just arranging. We might go for a pizza after the show, but yeah, <laughs> we're trying to decide. Um, uh, right, let's start to pay attention to Saturday's trip to Fulham. Now, you need to remember it's the early kickoff because I keep forgetting this. <coughs> so I was going to rock up about half 12. Is that the bang on kickoff? <laughs> I would have missed doing doing my job. Um, and also a reminder that Putney Bridge Tube Station, there's no trains uh, on the district line going down that way. So you need to get to Putney. Uh, overground station or whichever way you're going to go so just don't or go via boat there we go I was just there about to plug it yeah. here we go yeah, it's all about left? the banter boat yeah I think there might be a couple left I'll um, I'll tweet Jim out later and then see if these I know he only had a few he hasn't got loads because a lot of people um, were waiting for the tickets but join a banter boat me and old Welshy Wallin will be on there <laughs> Welshy Wallin <laughs> that's going to catch on isn't it <laughs> Right, well, I mean, um, before we start to look at it from from the Charlton point of view, I mean, Fulham, obviously a uh, well-fancied team in this league. They've just started to hit a little bit of form now. A 2-0 home win against Wigan, then they went to Reading. Admittedly, a Reading team in a little bit of disarray uh, over the last couple of weeks and, and, and won 4-1 during midweek. They're fifth in the table, uh, Fulham, managed by Scott Parker, obviously coming down from the, the Premier League last season. Welshie Wallin, what do you... I mean, it's going to be a tough one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's the way to say it. Um, you, you look at the difference in the squads, the difference in budgets, everything. As I say, it's, it kind of almost doesn't make sense that we're in the same league. Um, I mean, they've got Knockhart, they've got Mitrovic, they've got Kearney, they've got Harry Arter. They've got like basically a Premier League squad. Um, and we're coming off the back of two tough games where we've been run ragged. I mean, it's, it could be a cricket score or we could put in one of our, our classic performances and, and, and nick something. But it's going to be a very tough game. I fully expect... Fulham once they properly start getting into their stride which it looks like they're doing I don't see how they can't walk this league really given the side that they've got but um, yeah going to be a, a very tough one and, and as I say if we came away with nothing on, on Saturday it wouldn't surprise me I'd obviously be disappointed like I was last night but do you know what if I then reflect on where we've got to this season I'd be pretty pleased with the start we've had Obviously a lot is said about how Fulham play at home I mean everyone points out that that game against Millwall where they had 112% yeah. possession somehow. I mean, it, I mean, they they are a team that are going to pass you off the pitch, and we've and we obviously we've been up against sides like that in the last couple of weeks. So it's about finding a way to negate that and to also try and re- preserve some energy because our lads will be knackered after three games like that in a week. Yeah, I can see. Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if we play three at the back and sit quite deep, soak up the pressure for long periods of the game because I think if if we open ourselves up too much. And then, like Tom said, with players like Knockhart on a break, I know, you know, and who's, who's the other ones? You've got Kenny who can pick anything out. Kenny um, can score from anywhere on a pitch. Exactly. So, yeah. so I think, I don't think we'll go gung-ho, but I think it w- wouldn't surprise me if we started with a free, soak up a bit of pressure and try to do it on the break with obviously Leco and Bond. But yeah, we need to, like you say, three games of the week. And they're not like three easy games. They're probably the three best teams in this league. Apart from us. Yeah, apart from obviously the mighty Charlton. But, I mean, you know, Leeds, Swansea and Fulham, I don't think you're going to get any Mm. tougher fixtures. But once we get these out of the way, obviously we start winning 5-0. Yeah, I mean, it's a a manager who knows all about the club from back in the day, obviously, and Scott Parker still Mm. sort of cutting his teeth in managerial 
in his managerial job, um, you know, he, he got thrown into a fairly impossible situation last season. Though I think there will be some people saying, well, you'd hope at least to have seen some sort of improvement. And I don't think you really did when, when Fulham came down from the Premier League last season. There wasn't any marked step up in performances after, after Parker came in. Um, but, you know, you, you have to give someone like him time. Um, obviously, he's probably going to get a slightly tasty reception from the from the travelling Charlton supporters. Yeah, and tell in particular because he can't <laughs> stand him, can he? Yeah. yeah, I was a little bit too young where I think I really liked Scott Parker and when he went, I was disappointed. I didn't quite understand the politics behind it. So, um, yeah, I, I don't necessarily feel that way about him, but I know a lot of fans do. But, yeah, another young manager, very similar to Bose, you know, tenacious midfield player who's now you know, trying to find his way into management. I agree with you. I didn't see too much from them last season when he came in, but obviously this season that level down, maybe he's starting to find his level. Um, you can't all be likely Bowyer and win every single game when you become a manager. So yeah, I think um, he is still finding his feet. But like I say, when you look at the squad he's got, it's not a bad place to be um, in terms of starting to learn learn the game. Um, I mean, how how do we go and beat them then? Because I mean, that, that's a question that Mendonca and Astros is asking on the forum, uh, saying just caught catching up on the podcast whilst travelling back from Italy by train, of course, proper Charlton. Uh, just wondered if you had a cunning plan to, for getting something out of the upcoming match against Fulham Park, the bus, or do we go out and play? I mean, mm. the Leeds game was interesting. The way that Bayer spoke about it before the match, he was sort of saying, you know, teams perhaps show Leeds a little bit too much respect. So there is a danger. You you show Fulham too much respect. You sit back behind the ball. They will end up scoring because they they, they tend to to score in in every home game apart from in the EFL Cup. They've scored in in some cases four, like against Millwall. Yeah, it's it's difficult because if we obviously they're they're a good passing side and they can cut you open, but if you press them high as well, it doesn't. St- with someone like Mitrovic up top, they yeah. can always go more direct. Um, so they've got a, an all round sort of system where they can play long if they need to if they go for the press and pass into space but I would honestly I, I the only way I can see us beating them throughout night we could go gung-ho and attack them and and whatnot but you ain't going to do that for 90 minutes so we're gonna have to soak up the pressure at some point I'd probably just sit there let them have the ball in a deeper position as soon as they come into our half you start the press and then maybe if we're it's nil nil 20 minutes ago then maybe roll roll the dice bit bring mm. Leco on I wouldn't start both Leco and Bond um, because I think if you do that, you've not really got any fresh legs up top if you are chasing it at the end. Mm. So I'd, I'd soak up a bit of pressure, which we can do, and and then see where it takes us. But it's going to be a tricky game because they've got an all-round sort of style of play. Yeah, we're not, we've not won uh, away to Fulham since 1986. I was going to say, I've never seen them. No, I mean, it, it, when even at Loftus Road, we always seem to lose when, we, when they were there for a couple of years as well, FA Cup games, a couple of league games. Right, let's have a listen to what Lee Bayer uh, is saying ahead of the game. Uh, it sounds like he's very much looking forward to his trip to Craven Cottage. Should be good. Should be good. Looking forward to seeing Scotty. Uh, he's a winner. I'm a winner. And, and again, you've, you've got two, two ends of the, of the scale there. They're, they're the got the biggest, big, uh, the best squad for me in the league they're trying to get promotion obviously getting relegated from the Premiership last season um, they've got uh, some very good players some, a lot of experienced Premiership players so it's going to be tough I watched them last night against Reading they're a very good team um, but so are we so we'll go there and and again, I have no doubt the players are going to give me 100%. And I know that our fans, 1900 or something that we're taking, will sing their hearts out from start to finish. And football, you just never know what's going to happen. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I know they're going to give me 100%. And we're going to surprise Fulham with things that we do. So yeah, 
it's, it's, I'm looking forward to the game. On the injury front, saw that uh, Ben Perrin didn't look like he tweaked his groin there mm. tonight. Is that uh, is that something that might keep him out of that one? Yeah, I think Ben miss uh, Saturday. I think even with his calf, he's been playing with a bad calf. I don't think he'd have been able to recover from from now till then either. Um, it would have been tight, you know. Uh, but yeah, with his groin as well, just tightening up a bit. I think it would be silly now. Like there's, there's an international break after this weekend. I think it's time just to say like thank you for. <laughs> playing the last six games or whatever it's been with this dodgy calf like go and have a rest now because if not he'll end up doing himself some, some serious harm and obviously Lyle's not going to make it but uh, any any possibility of uh, Emmett or Kyle uh, featuring yeah well we, we look to get him back after the national break um, so we'll have two weeks the physio said they'll be out for two weeks each so um, yeah by the time we finish that international break we should have them both back training with us now assuming them, that means they won't go uh, to, to play, play with the countries means that they're, no. they're injured no 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 they can't go cool well uh, tough one to take tonight uh, but uh, you must be looking forward at least to Saturday that's why we're in this division yeah yeah I'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward to it it's a good challenge for us and Fulham they're all nice people make you feel welcome so I'm, I'm looking forward to it it should be, should be a nice nice day as long as we get we get the three points there we go, Lee Bowyer's looking forward to uh, seeing some friendly faces when we get to, to Craven Cottage. Um, I mean, I, there's all sorts of questions about how we're going to line up. I mean, Rag has tweeted in saying, do we know how long Hemed's going to be out? Well, it's at least after the international break, certainly. So he's not going to be playing Saturday. Same with, with Beram Kyle. Uh, same as well with Ben Purrington. By the sounds of it, he's, he's, he's been carrying a, a groin injury for a while. Uh, and it sounds like Saturday is going to be one game too far. So how... I mean, Naby Sarr at left back is, is one option that, that Nathan's looking forward to. No, just left wing, mate. Left wing yeah, back. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> realistically, I mean, we're, we're looking. I mean, it, we're, we're saying maybe go with a three at the back and then the wing back. So then you can play Solly as a wing back. You can get Deji coming in left side or you can get Adam Matthews. Yeah, uh, I briefly mentioned it on Sunday that I think without Taylor at the moment, the three at the back's the way to go. And then instead of playing four and four and then trying to build a team around a Taylor that isn't there, you build a team around that number 10. So be it Williams or Otsuma. Um, and get those win-backs involved. F- for me, that works. That's what we started to do against Leeds um, after that first 20 minutes, and I thought it worked brilliantly. So uh, I know we're going to have to soak up even more pressure at the weekend, but to me, wing-backs make sense. Um, possibly Deji on the left we were speaking about, uh, and Souls or, or Matthews on the right would make sense. And then you've got Naby with the protection of Lockyer and Pierce, who perhaps slightly less maverick. Um, and then you've got, what, probably Cullen and Gallagher behind either Otzuma or Williams. And then two up front. I'd like to see an EK play up front. Um, an EK and Bond would work for me just to see what he can do. He's going to have, if the ball does get out of our half, we're going to need players that can hold it up and, you know, fend people off. And for me, those two would work the best. So, uh, and it would give Leco a rest as well. Yeah, it does sound like an EK is carrying a little something as well yeah. at the moment. So perhaps he won't start. I mean, he will be involved, I think. So I just wonder if he won't start. Now, I mean, we saw it against Leeds. Like, we did actually start against Leeds with the diamond. With it, with Prattley then dropping back into mm. the back three, so I wonder if he will stick in Prattley to have that sort of versatility and that uh, availability to change what he wants to do throughout the game. Yeah, he could. He's got that. But I mean, if if he does that, I would imagine Naby will start a left back. When he yeah. the only worry, as much as everyone loves Naby, as much as I do, I think him one v one against a knockout will send me crazy. I think <laughs> one because I love him, but if if all all they'll do is they'll go knockout, you stay on him, you'd cut inside, he ain't going to come near you, and he won't. That's mm-hmm. the only thing that worries me playing Naby at left back. Whereas, if he plays in the three, you've still got a bit of cover either side with the obviously Piercy and Lockie. But 
yeah, I, I agree with Tom. I think go with a go with a back back three or wing backs. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to put Pratters in there, you can. But then that means you're going to obviously drop Pierce or Lockyer. So or you could just play one up front and put Pratt in the midfield and play four in the but midfield. It's difficult because we've we've obviously Chuck's not being a hundred percent fit. Yeah. The key, like Tom said, the key thing is is if you're going to clear the balls and the ball ain't sticking, you're just going to invite pressure. Yeah. And then yeah. it's going to time will tell. Within half an hour, they're going to score if yeah. we don't let it stick. I so mean, that's going to be the key. I mean, especially we're going to need an outlet then. So it's going to be between Johnny and and, and Ostumu in that in that ten role in in that, in that sort of area of the pitch to try and get us moving forward you know they've both got an ability to, to get on the ball and to run it up and, and push us 15 yards up the pitch so uh, you'd assume Johnny would come in just because it seems to be a little bit of rotation with that one and, and obviously he came off the bench on on uh, on Saturday I mean Welshie Walling and you'd like to see a fellow countryman come, no, coming mean, back in obviously I'd like to see him there and, and to me that's that's what he'll do I think that's why he didn't play him from the start last night um, brought him on just to make sure his legs were okay but yeah I think he's rested him with, mm. with a view to playing him and that whilst they are similar players, I think Johnny's got that little extra bit of pace um, to be able to turn away from players and break forward. I think Otsuma looks a little bit more like a luxury player, sort of spraying the ball around a bit more like a, a John, uh, John Joe Shelby or someone like that. So I think for me, Williams has just got that little bit of tenacity that means if he's coming up against players, he'll be able to break away from them. Um, so particularly whilst we're having to play on the back foot, I think for me that would make sense. Mm, and then up front then, so obviously Macaulay Bond... Seems likely you'll be involved, and then Jonathan Lecco or Chucks and Ek. Then I mean, it'd be surprised if you drop Lecco. I mean, he's uh, he, he doesn't seem he's one of the. I mean, he does tend to tire towards the end of a game, but he does always start quite lively. So, like I say, with Nico's injury, I'd, I'd just be surprised if he does make that change there for Saturday. Yeah, no, it wouldn't surprise me if he obviously starts with both. But I think if you're not going to have an outlet to hold the ball up, you're going to need someone going in the channels to get the create the space anyway to try and pull them apart and. Maybe he'll take it out on the on out on the either flank and hold the ball up and then wait for some support. But it's going to be we haven't really got any other options really. If Nico's not fit, you can have Bond, but then you're going to play what Williams and who else would you have in there? Prattley maybe yeah, is a bit more solid. Be. So it'll be like a you know a, what a five three one one yeah. if you're going to really go defensive. But yeah, I mean I'd start with both of them and then just try and to try and stretch them that way because if you ain't got a Nike, you ain't really got anyone who can hold the ball up. Now, if we're looking at the way the fixtures have fallen this week, obviously it's three games in eight days for both sides, but the fact is that Charlton have played their second game on the Wednesday and Fulham played theirs on the Tuesday. So, I mean, it's 24 hours since we kicked off currently uh, as we record the end of this podcast on on, on Thursday night and we're we're not that far away from, from the early lunchtime kickoff. Now, obviously, Fulham as a as a side that's going to try and play and, and keep a lot of possession, they're going to be have more energy anyway. But the fact that they've got an extra 24 hours, I mean, Bowie's not too happy. The fixture scheduling for Sky TV, it happens at every level now, but it does seem a little bit... I mean, we're not going to be arguing if we come out with a with a win on Saturday, but it does does feel like a little bit the dice has been loaded against us there. It's annoying, um, and and I get why Bowie is frustrated. But the way I see it is, if if we were in Fulham shoes, we'd be going brilliant. We've got another chance to play, and even if they'd have played on a Wednesday, what I mean is they're the the favourites for this game. So if we go back to League One, if we'd have played Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, and it would have been the early kickoff, we'd have been going brilliant. Another chance to beat another team. Um, so I get that we're the underdog and therefore it's it's frustrating for us. Um, I don't quite see why we had to play Wednesday if we were the early kickoff as well. But it's the way they've fallen. Like I say, we've got the international break coming up, so that's a chance to rest. I mean, the, the chance of getting these three teams all in a week and all back to back is annoying. Um, and I completely get where Bowie's coming from, but 
it's the way the chips have fallen. We've just got to deal with it. I mean, how do we look to start the game then? Because, I mean, we said against Leeds, Bay, you were saying, you know, teams show sides like Leeds too much respect. So do we go to Fulham and show them we, that we, we, are, we aren't just going to sit back or do we do go out and try and take the game to them a little bit? You know, put them on the back foot if possible in the opening stages? Yeah, I mean, when I said um, we're probably expecting to take up pressure, I don't mean that literally just stick 11 men behind the ball and just sort of come and break us down. I think we still will try and have some sort of initiative and try and try and work the space but I don't think it's not if we was at home and we have to attack the game as Fulham while because Fulham are a home team the players they've got their their fans would probably expect they need to attack teams and we just need to be a little bit more cuter in our game management um, similar to I'd imagine what the Leeds game was like uh, we won't show them too much respect but at the same time we're not going to go gung-ho and trying to be two and up in 15 minutes mm. but we just need to try and manage it. Honestly, I think we'll try and keep it tight first half, play in the little stages, get 60, 65 minutes, see what a, see what a coup is and then take it from there. Yeah, we just heard it from Nathan there, trying to be tuning up inside <laughs> 15 minutes. Uh, <laughs> no right, coming. Uh, what are your uh, your predictions for the game then? Go on, well, Welshie Wallin? 1-0. Uh, one 1-0? One uh, I was yeah, going to say that. that. Yeah. I was gonna, I'm going to go for an opti- optimistic 1-0 Chucks and EK injury time winner. Nice. I'll have some of that. Yeah, I think we all would. Yeah, yeah, excellent, right. <laughs> Put that on Tinder. Right, uh, we've run out of time on this evening's uh, Charlton Live. We uh, want some of that. Uh, the Big Much Preview. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll be back here on Sunday evening uh, to look back at whatever happens uh, against uh, Fulham. Then we'll be off for a couple of weeks as it will be the uh, international break. That's what it's called. I was going to say transfer deadline day. I've got all my <laughs> cliches mixed up. But anyway, um, so we'll be back here on Sunday. Uh, Tom and Nave, good to see you both back from your various holidays and stuff. Much love. Yeah, mate. yeah and thanks for the muffins. you got another one here. Ever? Oh, lovely. Oh, it's a cupcake, actually, isn't yeah. it? Cheers, cupcake. And uh, I've been Louis Meadows. Hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll be back here on Sunday evening where hopefully we'll be celebrating three points for the Alex, we shall see you later. It's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.